beers last night, and then I forgot to get them out of the car, and I'm afraid oh. they're going to explode in there. So oh, that, yeah, that wouldn't be great. Sticky mess. That would be a mess. Inspired by the adventures of our nurses, therapists, and techs, A Beer with Atlas is the only healthcare traveling, craft beer drinking podcast. Each week, we'll open a few beers, talk about the brewery and the style of beer, and then dive into some research curated specifically for each episode. In the end, we hope each one sounds like a conversation you'd have with your friends while enjoying a few cold ones. Welcome to another episode of A Beer with Atlas. I'm Rich. I'm Brian. I'm Dolan. Uh, we're going back to the 70s on this one. Oh, I love the 70s. I do too. That's because we were from the 70s. We are. We are definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was oh. a great time. <laughs> I mean, who would you even know to tell you about it? Us, I guess. <laughs> I guess. His dad. Yeah, maybe. His dad told him about it. Uh, well, uh, how old? Right? When was your dad born? 79. So he barely knew about it. So, I'm five years older than his dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's bad. Uh, from Revision Brewing Company in Sparks, Nevada, we have Disco Ninja, New England style hazy IPA. So very, very disco looking can. It looks like the dance floor Saturday Night Fever. It does. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Dolan, uh-huh. that's a famous movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you've definitely seen uh, clips of it. How's that? Two things I'm very familiar with. Okay. The 70s. Yeah. In and movies. Saturday, Saturday Night movies? Fever. Saturday Night Fever, man. Yeah. One of my the, favorite lines of all time oh. uh, comes from that movie. Oh, okay. In the very beginning, uh, when John Travolta is sitting at the table with his dad. Oh, yeah. And I know eating, what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. His dad smacks him on the back of the head, like any good dad would do in right. the 70s, right? And Travolta says, I woke up my hair, and you hid it. Mm-hmm. Like, it was very important to him. It was. You know, he had to, he had to look good. He was, yeah. He had to comb that hair. Yeah. Did yeah. one of you guys have the quote from the can no. on here? What no. Is what is it? Oh, my gosh. No, it's I awesome. So I'm going to read can. it before okay. we get into it. Okay. Um, it's a simple, universal fact that ninjas are badass. <laughs> you know what else is badass? Revision beer. Our buddies at Shoe Tree Brewing kicked around ideas with us to develop this tasty, tantalizing karate chop in your, break, in your freaking mouth. Mm. kaleidoscopic nunchuck hits to the dome with citra galaxy mosaic and amarillo Amarillo. yeah stealthily slaying your taste buds one sip at a time it's very alliterative too yeah i like that nice good job i like it It what's kind of a tongue twister karate chop in your freaking mouth so (laughs) citra galaxy mosaic and amarillo those are all old school hops Mm -hmm. those are like west coast hops how's it work love it okay. oh my gosh it's good holy oh, smokes right. let's get, get, get a right drink there. there i'll talk a little bit you get a drink there okay Revi- 40 ibu 44 ibus is that right mm. yeah 40 yeah. revision has two different locations one at 380 rock boulevard in sparks nevada uh the second location uh is called the pig nick picnic pub P-I-G-N-I-C, Pignic, mm-hmm. Pub, and Patio, located at 235 Flint Street in Reno, Nevada. Which leads me to believe that's where we got these beers from. Okay. This one, at least. And maybe last week's, too, quite What's, honestly. What's uh, Reno's nickname? 
the biggest, biggest little, little city, city in the world. Something like that. Mm-hmm. I remember that from uh, a certain TV show. Mm-hmm. Disco Ninja. Disco Ninja. Yeah. Wow. Uh, they got some pretty great hours, too. Monday through Thursday, 1 to 9. Friday and Saturday, noon to 10. And Sunday, noon to 8. Uh, now, the Reno location, that's the Sparks location. Reno, mm-hmm. biggest little city in the world. Right. Uh, 3 p.m. to midnight, Monday through Friday. Saturday, noon to 3 a.m. Oh, geez. Yeah. They're not screwing around on Saturdays. 3 a.m. Noon to 3 a.m. And then Sunday, noon to midnight. So... I wonder if I could sit there from noon to 3 a.m. I could, too. I I think I could do it. Is there food? Do they have food? Yes. Well, then I bet you could. They do. Are you you awake while you're sitting there? Mm. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're you're consuming. Mm -hmm. I was just... Just Winging it. Propped up. I could probably sit there till 3 a.m. Yeah. I don't know if I'd be awake. Look, Brian hasn't been in a brewery for two and a half years it's now. It's been a long time. Right? Especially so, one, like, mm. a, not in my neighborhood. Right. Where I just picked up beers and left. But, like, to go somewhere and actively, the reason to go is to be in a brewery. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's my dream right now. That first one, you're going to go hard. Oh, it's going to be bad news. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, like vomiting in the Uber back to your hotel. Well, I hope, I hope it's not that bad. Okay, I, okay. I try not to drink to where i throw up but I've, that's like a 50 dollar charge quite honestly yeah you, you don't do want to do that no, don't do that's that. why you make somebody else <laughs> drive you yeah um okay here's some of the other beers that they had um because they had quite a few to be honest and they looked pretty good um first i want to say that their logo the top part of that can looks an awful lot like infusion it totally does doesn't it's, it it's the same font it's like it? the same font and the same like mm-hmm. shape it's not a parallelogram but it's something mm. close to that whatever that is on the top of the can where it says revision mm-hmm. that's the first thing i thought of mm-hmm. okay they have a beer called rbl light rbl so revision brewing light okay, okay. so it's like a their version of a bud light so when people wander mm. in and say yeah, you bud give light. Me bud light. yeah here you go yep there's our version mm. they have one called el repaso which is a mexican style lager it looked like it was a, a big seller there yum uh, and it looked very nice it had a green can and it looked kind of like you know the budweiser logo kind of it has like a circle okay, with some triangle yes. sticking out of it mm-hmm. had that sort of look to it interesting um then they have one called doubled up ipa they have a rotating hazy okay always changing like it looked like maybe six of them so maybe every two months or so there's a new hazy beer um they have a rotating West Coast IPA series, which oh, I've never seen before. That's interesting. Then they have barrel-aged stouts, pastry stouts, imperial stouts. One of the hazy beers caught my attention. Okay. It's called Leafy Greens. And they also have one called Hazy Leafy Greens. And I wrote this down. Dig the dabalicious, savor the stank. <laughs> Leafy Greens <laughs> presents an increase by orders of magnitude of certain hops that are known for their familiar, pungent mm, aroma. I see what they're going for there. Yes. Yep. And that was, they had two different varieties of that one. Hmm. Um, but I, I'd be interested in drinking hmm. that beer. So it's a popular uh, around the 420 time, it is. right? You know, a lot like, of... uh, you know um, Lagunitas has mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. their version. Mm-hmm. Uh, Enjoy by yep. Stone has mm-hmm. one. Uh, there's a couple other people uh, that have those. Sorts. New Belgium 
as well. They might cross train this year. Yeah, for the, the second year. Yeah, and this one year was not amazing. quite as pungent this year. No, but, it was more uh, fruity. It was good. That first time they tapped it and they started pouring, it smelled yeah. like a Colorado uh, oh, establishment, like a Red Rocks concert, possibly. Yes. Um, some of the merch that they had that I hadn't seen before, branded okay. golf balls. Oh. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. There were certain beers. It wasn't the brewery. It was like one of the IPAs okay. that they had. Mm-hmm. I think it was this one, actually, was on the on the golf ball. Okay. They had growlers, glass growlers that you could buy. So maybe in Nevada, it's Nobody one of those states that, that you can take anybody's growler to. Because uh, most places now are going away from them. They don't fill them up You anymore. don't even get, Mm-mm. like, the half 32-ouncer ones. Those were a thing for a while. Now it's just all, you know, right. growlers. Right. Or king and crowlers, I guess. Um, and then they had this thing called Poor Decisions. Poor? Which, like, yep. a, okay, okay. And it was a unicorn laying on the ground with a bunch of empty beer cans all around it. <laughs> so, it's like, that was some, I don't know if it was a beer, or you could buy, also on their website, you could buy kegs. Oh, okay. So, in their merchandise section, you could be like, oh, I'd like a keg of this, this, and this. And Ooh. it was not that bad pricing. Like, I think 130 bucks. Oh. For a big keg, that's okay. pretty good. For a full size? Yeah. Wow. Um, we've mentioned the Pignic Pub and Patio. Pignic, yes. In Reno. That's a you know, play on words. Mm-hmm. Um, they have inside three themed rooms that you can rent. One of them is called The Study. Okay. One of them is The Trophy Room. And the other is The Parisian Powder Room. Oh. Outside, they have three or four different patio areas that you can rent Mm -hmm. they all come with a different kind of theme too um one of them was just off the top of my head i can remember was called like the edible garden where they have an actual garden there's like blueberries and strawberries and you can like just sit there and drink beer and eat fruit and eat fruit off the vine yeah if you wanted to do that it looked like that was available Mm. most of the things had picnic tables they had fire pits they had Mm -hmm. um those fire pit tables you know like yep like some places have with chairs like a square yep you can sit around those so it looked like you could reserve and or rent these areas um it's by a lake in reno so they had like really great views of the sunset going over the water. So it would be like something if you had like a company outing or a yep. birthday party and you wanted to be outside, you could mm. rent a space at this place. And that and they has like full service bar and um, you know, they'll bring you food and that sort of stuff if you order inside. I feel a meet and greet coming on here, right? That'd yeah, be cool. Why not? Right? So here's some of the food cuz I I knew you guys would want to yep, know yep. about this. Here's the um two of the starters. Firecracker elote shrimp. Oh, a, I knew I, I wrote that one for Dolan. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> it, it's exactly what you'd think it would be. It's all the toppings of the corn with with shrimp, but on shrimp, with mm, some spicy. Shrimp. That's interesting. Is there that, corn in it too? There was corn on it. Yeah. Oh. And then they had pig nick tachos because I know he likes the tacho. <laughs> I love I love tots. Yeah, yeah. So they general. had those. Um, they had a burger there that's called the Pig Shack Classic. Okay. And the ingredient list read to me basically an upscale Big Mac. Okay. That's what this is. All right. And we talked about a beer earlier before we were on air mm-hmm. today. That was a cheeseburger yeah. looking design. Yeah. So that made me mm-hmm. think of that. Um, sometimes they do brunch. Sometimes they don't. Currently they weren't because they just didn't have enough staff to run it. Okay. But when they do, and I think you can still get this anyway if you went in there on like a Sunday, they do bottomless mimosas. Okay. Micheladas. Basic Bloody Marys. Mm-hmm. select beers and then house wine 
and you have a two hour limit like B- bottomless you, yeah so for two hours as long as you buy a food an entree yeah you can get bottomless whatever wow any of those things wow so definitely a place if you have a couple hours on a sunday you want to go hang out in the morning and it's nice dang that's my that might be where you want to go do it for two hours yeah yeah that's that's your cutoff and they said you can you can re-up your time hmm. buy another entree go for another two hours which after two hours of you know mm picture of mimosas you might need another burger or something like that yeah. <laughs> some more elote shrimp I, that sounds really really good actually that's the pictures it just looked like an old house it looked i think it was from like the 30s okay and there was something on the main floor and then they have like the brewery stuff tap roomy thing is up on the second level of the okay. house mm-hmm. but inside is like where you can rent the rooms at the bottom and then the outside patio interesting but it looks like a house it doesn't look like a brewery or anything <laughs> like that I got a little bit on the brewery. Not a ton, but I got a little bit on it. There that. wasn't a whole lot out there. There wasn't. Uh, here's what I found out, though. It was founded in 2017, so not that long oh, ago. Okay. It hasn't been around that long. But let's let's take a step back to July 2015. So okay. two years before that, uh, Jeremy Warren, founder and former brewmaster of Knee Deep Brewing Company. Heard of them. Heard of them. California. Right? So the dude that started Knee Deep Brewing mm-hmm. is now the brewmaster here at Revision. Well, that makes sense with the, all the IPAs, because right? that's what Knee Deep was really known for. Uh, he decided to, let's see, 2015, decided to sell his shares of Knee Deep Brewing to his business partner and set out to start Revision Brewing Company, where he could have total creative freedom. So that was, he decided, you know what, maybe maybe it wasn't the best relationship, but and they came to an amicable decision, and he left and started Revision. Well, a lot of times, I mean, this happens a lot, People work at a brewery, mm-hmm. and they want to do stuff. They want to do their own recipes. And the brewery's like, yeah, we, we sell our own beer, and mm-hmm. we do pretty good at that. Right. We like your ideas. Those are cool. Maybe we'll make it as a, you know, like a one-off yeah, or a small barrel yeah, or whatever. small yeah. batch thing. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you're a true artiste, that's not enough. Nope. You need to express yourself. So good for this guy. Yeah, props to this guy. A yeah. uh, couple places. They looked at a few places, first in California, and then, and then decided to go to Sparks. Uh, to to open their first brewery. So cool. There's a fun timeline on their website if you're super interested in that. There's oh, I'll go through the timeline. Out. Yeah, it's interesting. And then the, when they open the the Reno location too. So that's uh, limited information on them. But since only they've only run around since 2017, yeah, there's not a ton. Well, out and there. there was a some pandemic thing in two years in the middle of that too. That's so right. Good thing they came out on the other side. I nice. forgot about that. I didn't. No, I didn't. No, you didn't. You're right. Yeah. You're right. It's still going on. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I want to talk about disco. You want yeah, to talk go about ahead. disco? Yeah. You want to go first? No, go ahead. I got some disco trivia for us. How's okay. that? Dolan, how do you feel about disco? Here's why I ask. Mm-hmm. A, it's, you know, ahead of your time, before your time, I should say. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, it's kind of known for thump and bass. It is. Bass lines. That's what drives yeah. disco. Uh, to be honest, disco is one of those genres that I just don't listen to a lot yeah. of. Um, like obviously I'm familiar with the Bee Gees and that's yeah. about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That pretty much yeah. covers it though. Mm-hmm. I think you're all right with that. So here's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to make a little work for Dolan on this one. Oh, okay. okay. So I'm going to, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I've got five 
somewhat classic disco songs. Sure. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna say the name. Dolan's gonna play a little clip, and then oh you're gonna boy. guess the name of the band. Okay. 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 Here we go. So the first one, Disco Inferno. Disco Inferno, there it is. Just a little clip of it right there. Where do we think, who do you think sang Disco Inferno? It's, it's playing in your head right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Right? Burn, baby, burn. Mm-hmm. Disco Inferno. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right there. All right, I'm going to tell you. It's the Tramps. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it. Tramps. I wouldn't have guessed it. This is neat. Okay, next one. This is an easy one. This is a gimme. Okay. Staying alive. There we you already go. talked about them. It's the Bee Gees. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, number three. This is this was almost a uh, anthem for the seventies. Okay. I will survive. Uh, the original, yeah, not, cake, not the cake remake. <laughs> That's what he was thinking. No, which was actually a really good cover. I really enjoy that cover. Uh-huh. Um, wow, the name is just you want me to tell escaping you me. Yeah. yeah, it's Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor. Gloria Gaynor. Ding ding ding. There you go. All right, here's this. This might be one of my favorite disco songs of all time. Mm. Ladies' night. I feel like that's not either, either Cool and the Gang or the Commodores. That's who I would say. It was the first one. It is? It was Cool okay. and the Gang. All yeah, right. it was Cool and the Gang. Uh, Thank and- God for that song, by the way, because otherwise there would be no Ladies' Nights at bars. <laughs> right? Because without that, what, what, they don't got it. Mm-hmm. All right. Are there still Ladies' Nights stolen? Do they still have those? I think so. I think so, yeah. yeah they're... We don't know because we can't go. So right, we're not exactly ladies. Right. Yeah. In theory, yeah. they have them. Do you have to show them your pronouns before you go? Like, look, I'm she, her. Okay, <laughs> ladies, night, so. you're in. You're in. Yeah. Cha-ching. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, finally, it's raining men. I know this one. That's easy. It's raining. Right? Uh, right there. There you go. I'm so bad at band no, names. No. It's the Weather Girls. The, the weather, weather Girls. girls. The mm-hmm. Weather Girls. They had a couple more big hits, too. Did they? Yeah. And one of the singers went on to sing, like, I almost want to say she, she sang the parts in the CNC Music Factory. No. Big hits. No. But they wouldn't put her in the videos because she was a bigger gal. Oh, she's a big girl. And in MTV, that wasn't going to do mm. nothing. So they put somebody in there to lip sync like a model oh. but she sang and i think she might even got a grammy really this would have been like 91 92 mm-hmm. who who sang the uh baby got back song who's that uh that was uh sir mix a lot sir mix a lot yeah he, maybe he she could have called him maybe she, i don't know maybe she might have i don't know i don't know so. but yeah that's that's what i know about the weather girls uh finally the, the my last little bit of of disco fun was 1977 was the release of star wars 
right? Yes. 1980 was The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was like still, 80 was still disco culture-ish. It was, yep, grinding to a halt, but it was still kind around. Kind of, yep. yes. Uh, the, there was a band called uh, uh, Mecco, is it Mecco? M-E-C-C-O? M- yeah, M-E-C-O. Yeah. Uh, that, like that did a disco Star Wars oh, album. Yeah. I've heard that. Oh, it's fantastic. No. Yeah, it's awesome. It's it is, out there. Is it Miko? Miko? I can't remember the name, but I remember I can close my eyes. Like my my dad bought the record, and it has like disc like dancing robots uh-huh. like on the or whatever something it's, to the stars or something. Oh I remember that. It was awesome. awesome. It was so the only awesome. thing playing in my head right now is dan dan. dan. <laughs> <laughs> They're just they actually did a disco version of of the Imperial March. Oh, it's out man. there. It's out there. It's it's horrendous, but you can go find it. Disco got into every part of culture. Like, it really did. Yeah, that's too bad. I'm glad I wasn't around for that. <laughs> All right, so there's my, there's, my, uh, there's my disco trivia for you. History of the disco ball. Oh. Mm. Where does it come from? Interesting. Why is it the symbol? The mirror ball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was first documented in 1897. Whoa. An electrician's union in Charlestown, Massachusetts, was having their annual party. So they have this thing, a little thing in the paper about their Christmas event or whatever they're going to have. And they had created, handcrafted this ball that had mirrors on it hmm. with lights on the inside. And when they plugged it in, the initials of the, of the company, whatever, it was NBEW. Illuminated out of the ball. N B E W. Okay. I don't know what that stands for because okay. it, it's probably just the sure. whatever electricians whatever. So that was the first one that I could find history of written down. Um, then in 1924, this guy named Louis L O U I S, so Frenchish mm-hmm. B Wogel W O E G L E Wogel files for a patent for a myriad reflector ball in 1924 myriad so like a lot yeah okay um described it as a sphere yet any other shape is okay basically so oh he says a ball's fine but you can make it a triangle or a square or whatever but it's going to have all these reflecting mm. um, surfaces on it so that when you shine lights on it it will splay out sure so that's his idea kind of that was pretty much it they're like okay that was that was neat hmm. We're not going to do anything with that. Kind 50 years itself. later. Yeah, right. 50 years later, yeah. here comes disco. Mm. And it's becomes like important to the scene. It's dance music and late at night you're at a club, it's dark. They don't want to have um lots of like, you know, big old lights on. Right. So they turn on a couple lights and they spotlight them on the disco ball mm. and it spins around and it just puts lights out in the, in the dance floor. Sure. And heightens the mood mm-hmm. as opposed to like flooding you with light. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not fun. Mm-hmm. There's things happening in the seventies, you know, that you don't want lights shined on, um, on a dance floor. Like their math homework and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I'm sure. That's what it was. Well, there was, a Should lot I of like, take one of these or two of these, man? <laughs> How many grams is this? Was, that sort of stuff. The metric so system? The first ones were 24-inch diameter. That's actually not very big. No. No. And then this uh, club in New York opened up, and they're like, you know what? We need a 36-inch one. Whoa. Okay. So they did that. Is this Studio 54? No. Oh. The next one came in. Okay. This place called The Loft. 
They had a 48-inch one, Whoa. which is a little bit bigger. It's bigger. Uh, unfortunately, it fell, and it landed on somebody's head. Oh, smash. Uh, but it was hollow inside, oh. thank goodness. And they probably just looked like a shiny disco pumpkin head person. But, um, yeah, fell. Yeah. So the disco ball spreads with the music, mm-hmm. and with the dance scene, because it starts out in New York. It starts out in, like, the gay clubs, basically. Mm-hmm. And it spreads to Philly first, and then it gets to Chicago, and then it goes up to Montreal, and then it goes to San Francisco, and then to Paris. So it's following the culture. So it's a cultural thing, really, Interesting. with the music. Um, and then it kind of died off. Late 80s, mm-hmm. early 90s, they weren't really around anymore. It, they kind of tied it historically to the AIDS epidemic and crisis and lots of people dying. And that that whole culture like lost a lot of members, and they weren't going out, and they it wasn't really a party scene anymore. Right. So it took like almost twenty five years for it to kind of come back in again. And nineteen ninety five, Neil Young releases an album called Mirrorball. Mirrorball, I love with that album. Pearl Jam is basically the backing band, right? Yep. yep. And then in nineteen ninety nine, another Canadian, Sarah McLaughlin, puts out an album called Mirrorball, oh. which was her big selling mega smash and i think it has that one song that's real sad with the oh, pets from the pets the pet commercials were like you know I you could save these bug infested dogs you. yeah that one is that the one? i think so yeah okay I don't know. uh 1997 i saw this firsthand i was in high school i was a senior i got tickets i called mtv you remember this you could buy tickets on trl it wasn't trl i don't think it but it was that. like okay. u2 oh. was gonna have a new album and they had their world tour and oh, for you to get tickets, you could call MTV. Yep. And I did. Was that the Zuropa tour? Was it, it was, was the Pop Mart tour. Oh. 97. And guess what? Bono came out of the stage, out from the middle. It went mm-hmm. up, and it was a big thing. Mm-hmm. And it spun around, and it was shaped like a lemon. It was a disco ball lemon, mm-hmm. and he was inside. Oh. And then he would come out. And I saw this at Arrowhead Stadium. Okay. Still the biggest concert I've ever been to. Over 100,000 people. Wow. Uh, one time, I think it was in Brazil or maybe Mexico, somewhere in South America, uh, it wouldn't open and he got trapped inside the disco ball lemon thing. So that wasn't great. But that's how the show would start. It would come up and their discotheque song play. Was that the, the song? Lemon. That one? No. Oh. That's from 1995, See? I believe. But that's a great song. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, but that was the one that Edge did. That's right, that's right. Okay, so then 2000s, it comes popular again because of the EDM and dance music mm-hmm. and, like, um, the New York scene hits again. Oh, there's a band I was going to talk about. I can't remember the name of them. They're from New York City. It's one guy, but it sounds like a big band. Uh, Murphy's, James Murphy, whatever his band is. I was going to say Moby, but that's not right. Duh, can't think of it. Oh, well, Dolan's staring at me. He's glazed over. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. disco. Too much disco talk. Well, just dance music. Okay. It's not my favorite. <laughs> it's not It's not my thing. So here's why I found this list. Top 10 disco albums for people who don't like disco. There's a couple songs in there I like. I'm, I'm all about the song writing, right? I'm, I'm a lyrics person first because mm-hmm. I can't play an instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've got a good hook, good lyrics, then I'm probably in. Melody is important. Um, I'm not a big like hi-hat cymbals guy, which is a lot of disco and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But these, I feel like mm, six of these are probably pretty good albums. So we'll go with them. Number 10, Michael Jackson, Off the Wall. Off the, I love that album. That's a great Gonna album. Gonna rock with you yes. all night. 
That's a disco album? Yeah, 78. Okay. 79. Yes, I'll give it's it that. It's got disco production. Okay. I think, uh, oh, what's his name? The producer. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Butch Fig. No. Quincy uh, Jones. Okay. Quincy Jones did yeah, that. Yeah, there we go. Okay, good. Donna Summer's big hit album, Bad Girls. She was like yeah. the disco queen. Uh-huh. That was her big one. Okay. Um, Chic. Uh, the album was called Say Chic. The uh, La, La Freak. La Freak. La Freak, right? yes. That was their big hit. Uh-huh. Number seven, there's this guy, uh, Italian, Giorgio Maroder, Maroder yeah. From Here to Eternity. Ooh. That was his album. He was a more of a studio wizard and like produced a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then very recently, um, Shooter Jennings did an album, which was like a tribute to him. Really? And it's weird. But really? it's awesome. If you like if you like Shooter Jennings, check that one out. I like Joe Jerry Moroder, so So you might like that. He okay. also kinda came back with Daft Punk and mm-hmm. a couple other things in the yep. last, you know, ten years or so. Yeah. Uh we talked about this earlier. Gloria Gaynor. Her album survive, yeah. was called Never Can Say Goodbye. Which mm. is uh I think Jackson Five sang that about ten years earlier. Hmm. Um Candy Staten, S T A T O N, Young Hearts Run Free. You probably know that song. It was in the Romeo and Juliet movie oh. with, uh, oh, with Leonardo, Leonardo and Claire Danes. Really? Was in okay. That. All right. They just, this seems like a cop out. Barry White's greatest hits. Oh. But everybody loves Barry White's greatest hits, though. I guess. I mean, that's. Is it disco y? Kind of. Maybe. I'd, I'd just put that more as a soul record. Okay, but okay. That's fine. All right. Ashford and Simpson. So, so satisfied. Now, these guys. Mm. Well, it was a husband and wife, I think. Maybe they were together, partners. But they wrote a lot of songs for other people, too. So not this isn't something you would know off the top of your head, but you, if you heard the, some of the songs, you would know them. Okay. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Yeah. Self-titled. Mm-hmm. Boogie Shoes. Mm-hmm. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. And then, of course, number one, Saturday Night Fever. Of course. I will stand by that album. Yeah. It's pretty good. The Bee Gees can write a damn song. Yep. And the Bee Gees have lived on. I mean, now, obviously, some of them haven't, obviously. But their music say, has. Their yes. music has. There we go. Uh, uh, lyrically and musically, they've lived on. Yes. They, and, they uh, had an album in the 90s that, yeah. was, that was decent still. Remember the uh, Storytellers episode yes. that they did? That was yes. a huge thing on VH1. And yep. he, uh, Barry Gibb just put out an album last year. Really? Oh, yeah. He has huh. a mega mansion in like Miami, Florida. And uh, it was like a country album. Weird. Yeah. And he had uh, one of my bands that I like, the Rival Sons. The guy from that, Jay, the singer, he mm-hmm. does a he does a version of "You Don't Know What It's Like," you know oh. that song. So he sings on that with him. So it's like Barry's doing these duets with these other people. Yep. And that was the song that they got to do together. Hmm. It was pretty sweet. So there you go. There's my disco knowledge. Oh, I have no argument with that whatsoever. None right. whatsoever. Good. Um, I, I would I would put. Maybe a, uh, a uh, honorable mention for uh, the Starland Vocal Band. Afternoon Delight. Right? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Because of not only Goodwill Hunting, but because Anchorman. of Anchorman. Yeah. There's there's some mainstream acceptance to that now. Yeah. I just, kind of. I just don't know if it's disco-y enough. It just doesn't have enough of that. Okay. All right. Dance floor vibes. I own it on vinyl. So oh. It's, yeah. Dang. I bought a used copy one time because I couldn't turn it down. It just, it's just Starland Vocal Band, Afternoon Delight. It's a pretty funny song. It is a great song. To it. It's a great song. Maybe pretty Dolan's funny. band should cover that song. <laughs> I don't Maybe yeah. they should. They're too sexy. <laughs> Put it together with that song. Maybe. Dangerous. <laughs> Dangerous. 
Totally. Yeah. Did you just mention Ty singing that song? <laughs> yeah. Holy smokes. I can. I don't know. No, maybe. Just maybe think we, about it. Maybe we got a little influence here. Just maybe. Work, I don't on know. All right. work on it. Just, you know, run it through a couple times. That's it. Give it a shot. That's all we're asking. Give it a shot. <laughs> gonna find my baby. Gonna hold her tight. Gonna grab some afternoon delight. All right, uh, TripAdvisor, four out of five on on four out of four point five out of five on sixteen reviews. Mm. Uh, this was the one I clipped out. Okay. Uh, it was only a three star review, uh, but for whatever reason, I don't know. Uh, the title was IPAs only with three slammers. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. As we read earlier, but okay. Right. Uh, if you're a fan of IPAs, you came to the right place. Yes. In fact, all the beer that were on tap. That was their grammatic error, not mine. Mm, okay. Uh, and brewed on site was were just that. A few guest taps had other styles, which was okay. Picnic bench setup where you walk up to the bar that did not have seating. No food inside, but a wiener cart outside if you choose. Oh yeah, wiener cart. I like a wiener cart. That's Clearly my band I name. I picked it only because wiener of cart. Wiener cart. <laughs> so that's your band name. Yeah, wiener cart. Sure is. All oh, right. Whatever. Clean and new brewery, so I don't know. This guy, eh, you know, maybe you should expand his horizons a little or bit. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe just go to the Tahoe one or whatever you said. <laughs> well, maybe he just went there for the wiener cart. Oh. You never know. Wiener cart. All right. Untapped, 29,700 check-ins for this beer. That's, I was shocked to see this many check-ins that's a for lot. this beer. It's been around for a minute. Uh, 362. That's pretty mm. good. I think uh, 373. 4.02. Wow. I know. On 29,000, almost yeah. 30,000 check-ins, and it's th- almost, and it's a four. I th- wow. I think I'm going to probably rate it a four. I will, too. I, I really I, liked it. As I, I, I guess, I, maybe, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to think. I don't know. This one might be better than some of the East Coast IPAs I've had. I, I had some mm. Trillium recently. Whoa. Um, I revisited some Treehouse. Okay. Uh, I, not that those beers are bad. No. Maybe I've just had a lot of them. Yeah. I don't know. And, and uh, Fiddlehead. I had, oh. I had Fiddlehead for the, was that, is that right? Yeah, I Fiddlehead. For the first time when we were out there in Boston and great it was really really good i would think this is this is better this is really really okay this is better wow i guess it depends on what you're looking for though so well i mean this guy he worked at a place that made ipas so he should yeah. know how to make ipas you would think so obviously does yeah you would think so yum all right we uh we are we are uh we are breaking ground next week 200 episodes uh next week is our 200th episode wow wow I know, right? So that's a lot uh, of beers. I've got some. I have some fun announcements. Each one of us is going to bring uh, one of uh, a beer and do some research, and then we'll share them with each other. Uh, hopefully, from different parts of the country. And you know, I, I picked one that we've never talked about as far as we've never featured them before. Okay, and it's a style that I enjoy, and it's some personal stuff to it. So Sweet. I can't wait. Awesome! I can't wait to see what Dolan brings too. <laughs> Maybe it's an IPA. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Or maybe it's something he picked up at Casey's on the way in. We'll find out. <laughs> Some steel reserve. Which Dolan will show up. We don't know. Which one? I don't know. That's entirely possible. So please join us next week for our 200th episode. I never in my wildest dreams thought we'd make it to 200 episodes, but... We're like double syndication now. Oh, kind of. The TV days, we'd be mm-hmm. rich. And like I said, I've got some fun announcements next week too for for the future of the beer podcast and uh, you know that and those types of things. So mm. until then, we're not going anywhere for a while. Let's have another beer. 
Thank you for listening to A Beer with Atlas. Special thanks to our brand team for producing the show. Each episode of A Beer with Atlas is powered by Atlas Medstaff, an industry leader in travel healthcare staffing.